Hey, greetings, everybody. This is the Artlexia podcast. This is episode 88. Um, I'm Wesley Pepper. And this is Susan Gossi. Yeah, man. And uh, before we get started today, like we have a very cool yesterday. Really looking forward to it. Like, very exciting. Uh, and uh, as you know, just a bit of backup on last week's episode. Thanks to Raphael for coming through. Uh, last week's episode was actually quite emotional. Uh, I know from recording because we spoke about so many, so many different things. So, big up my brother for coming through for that. Also, that that was that was really good. And um, yeah, I man, you know, we always gotta we gotta build up. Please like, subscribe, and comment to this channel. Uh, it's on YouTube, and our Facebook page is actually up and running now. But I fixed it up the other day, proper proper. Um, yeah, that's really, really good. Um, and um, yeah, Caesar. Please check it out, and also uh, thank you for everybody for you know, the page, we're really grateful. And yeah, last week's episode, I mean, it was about poetry. Mm. We had to get emotional. So that's, that's what it was. And um, today we are joined by our brother, um, boy to Andrew and Tama. And uh, I don't know how to introduce him, but I don't think he needs an introduction really. Um, but what I know is he's not like a politician, eh? So, Andy, we're very happy that you are joining us. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons why, you know, we considered you as a guest. Um, you know, because we miss you. Uh, we haven't seen each other in a while. Um, you know how long back we go, like, we met in Soweto, uh, Native Rebels, and, you know, you've always been there. You know, interesting, obviously, but like we love you, and you're pushing the black love narrative. We love yeah, it. black love. Because that's what we love. are about. Yeah, and... black excellence, <laughs> black love. Yeah. Yeah. So hashtag just like, yeah, I don't use that hashtag. You can actually can we make it a thing now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is necessary, and nobody epitomizes that more than the brother. Besides, so firstly, how are you doing? Um, I see you in your car, you're driving. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, you on the road, actually. You're on the road somewhere. Yes, please. Yeah. How are you, Andy? Welcome. Yes, yes. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for the invite and the, the good uh, inspirational uh, introduction. Yes, I'm on my way to purchase room to see my mom. She's not doing so well. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad to be here to talk to you both. I haven't seen you in a long time. Um, my brother and my sister. Ah, uh, no, I give thanks, King, and thanks for coming to this platform. And so, you know, like this is a we talk, you know, we talk a lot of black excellence here, we talk a lot of processes behind art, behind creatives. Um, we're interested in documenting that the processes behind why somebody's doing what they're doing. Um, but we're also talking a lot about entrepreneurship, and like we're actually in an interesting space now in this post pandemic world where entrepreneurship and data and tech has really become quite a quite a quite a quite integral part of our lives you know um so my brother like before like just so our guests get to know you like can you just give us a brief little bit about, about yourself where you're from and that type of thing and from there we'll just unpack everything and we'll just we'll just run for it so for somebody if they're going on yeah. if they if they're going on Google and they and then they see your Wikipedia page, what would you like them to read about yourself? <laughs> um I I was born and raised on a farm. In fact, I'm a number of white owned farms in the Pochestrom area. So I'm a 
farm voyage basic mm. uh, and then and then i went into a township high school i only went to this township at high at high school level and then i did my uh, post metric education at vets university where i did sociology into master's degree and i mean the oh a recurring theme of my life has been the land question. Uh, I studied sociology. I did my master's research on the land question. And after I worked on the land NGO where we started the landless people's movement, which is basically a movement that is driven to retain the land of our people. So my politics, which are black consciousness, and it's an interesting story about how I got into black consciousness at high school. Um, always black, black love, as you say, which I consider a revolutionary proposition in a world which hate us, in a world which has made us hate ourselves and internalized uh, self-hate. The position of self-love is itself a very revolutionary proposition, sure. which which the enemies of black people, the enemies of what mm. you're trying to do, black excellence and so on, um, find um, uh, difficult to deal with and we're encouraged to self-hate. Yeah. yeah, my whole political thing is about self-love and self-liberation and, and uh, black consciousness. I, you know, some people call me Deputy Biko because I am so big with Steve Biko. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we know that. But like, when did, which township um, did you go to? You said you went to school in a township. Which one was it? Ikahen in Pochestrum. Oh, And I went okay. to Tokoe High School. Oh, okay, okay. So Soweto? Um, did you stay in Soweto? Yes, I did. I did my metric in Soweto. I mean, yeah. Uh, then there was a political fallout between the ANC aligned student movement and ours. We were attacked. We ran away. Uh, I ended up doing my metric in Nube, in oh, Fulo, in Soweto. In yeah, man. Okay, okay. Yes. No, yes. Cool. you know, you and know, I, I'm from I the stayed in Zola. Yeah, you know, I'm from the township and I'm passionate about the place, man. I mean, Yonkint or like uh, the music, um, which is what we really want to talk about. I mean, you talk about self-love, you know. Um, how do you show it for yourself? Like, I know you went out um, on Friday to a Tumimokorotsi gig. And I, I mean, for me, that's like self-love. What are you reading? Who are you listening to? Who are you following like with visual arts? And yeah, yeah, who's speaking to you today yeah. these days? I mean, uh, I am I'm following a lot of the Hafela Wamahokodi's work. Okay. Um, uh, he's 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 brought uh, out a very nice project. Um, and of course, I mean, to me, it's one of the, the contemporary, you know, creator. Uh, his uh, music is uh, deeply invocative, uh, invoking our ancient sounds in the contemporary space. And I'm so happy that he is introducing a new layer of young people into that space. You know, I mean, when we talk about sound, always Zimawana is a critical yeah. factor. And uh, I... 
this last Friday, they were all these cats, man. And even yeah, the other drama drumist uh, Ayan Daskade was there. Uh, it was a big, big uh, umkidi man of black love, black creation, and oh, yes. you know, people who are questioning the status quo through this kind of self-love expressions. There is for for me there is no distinction between the revolutionary politics and creative uh, spaces and uh, zones. You know, Steve Biko's Black Consciousness Movement uh, was big in the cultural space. You know, Bonifitradi yeah. and them, you know, come from that painting. I mean, fine arts. I mean, the expression of Black Consciousness in the art form in the totality of uh, the art forms was there. I mean, Boyingwa Pele Madingwani in the spoken word spaces. Uh, it was a totality of engagement, including church, by the way. How we worship, <laughs> yeah. quality, you know. Um, and I mean, I know that uh, me and si Sister Caesar are very uh, linked to the Credo Mutra's work, but he is the ultimate expression of yeah. the finest artistic expression and creation in you know the contemporary space even you can't understand the black positionality without under understanding what that motor was trying to do and also how his work is undermined his work misrepresented appropriated is the tragic position of black people over the ages from Haiti, you know, in Haiti, when we fought and defeated slavery mm -hmm. in 1804, in the Haitian Revolution, and created the first Black liberated zone, Black people have been made to pay for standing up for themselves. I mean, you know, the French had made the Haitian Republic pay reparations yeah. for fighting and defeating the French to liberate themselves. Oh. So, in a sense, therefore, we must understand better the failure of the Black liberation struggle, Black artistic expression, including how we treated Ubabu Kredo Mutra, because that is the representation of what happens with the Black project in general. Yeah, sure, my brother. We actually wanted to lead with, uh, with the Kredo Mutra yeah. um, theme, which is something which is also covered quite a bit. Um, um, and she can definitely speak. Yeah, because um, and Andile knows how passionate I am about this um project. because you know, with Andile, I mean, you chose the other way. Like sometimes I wonder, are you thinking of doing your PhD one, like the academic space? Are you ever gonna go back there, or is it just politics? And why that instead of the other? Um. Because like I, I thought, I also like your work, ne? we were talking about Frank Talks earlier on uh, before we started recording. Um, it was very accessible. And honestly, I'm sure you were able to, you know, introduce Ubaba Stibiko to a lot of young people during at that time, you know, because sure. you 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 really um, you know, went into the black consciousness philosophy. And it's it's been your thing ever since, like 
I associated it with you, like when I think oh, but only like um, it's become like you've embodied that, and that's all you talk about. So yeah, why the other and not the other one? And yeah, are you ever gonna go back to academia? Because that space is also just scary with Andy. Like um, you know what I mean. No, you know, I've been trying to do my PhD for a while. Uh, I, I have, you know, went back to VETS and I tried to register there and no one would take me uh, to supervise me. <laughs> I suppose, you know, uh, uh, people are a little bit uh, jittery around my project. And um, I, am, I am considering actually doing it with UNISA, my PhD. Um, I know there are a few radical scholars there will be able to, um, you know, take me through the, that that journey. And will uh, it be around the land question? Not, not really. I mean, I have a big intellectual unsettled score with um, white sociology in South Africa. Uh, the whole scholarship that claimed to... Uh, speak about history from below. It was a huge, huge new Marxist uh, scholarship which influenced the totality of the South African liberal arts. It is racist. It is anti-Black. So I am thinking of doing a challenge epistemologically in terms of how South African sociology has emerged and reproducing white whiteness while sometimes appropriating the black spaces such as the claim to do history from below. So that is um, my thinking right now. Um, I, I like to do my PhD on, on precisely that to question the whole development of a hegemonic scholarship which claims to be progressive but in fact reproducing whiteness in our universities. So we will see if um, that will be acceptable. Oh, yeah, no, wish you all the best. I hope it, I hope I hope it, it works out, um, yeah. I hope it, I hope it works out. Yeah, and it sucks that, we, like you say, you don't have a supervisor. Like, what's that about? Are our people not learned <laughs> to supervise? Like, what's that about? Or why can't you find um, a supervisor. Uh, well, you know, um, it's people who, uh, I mean, like at VETS, I spoke to people in sociology, to people in history. I even tried anthropology a little bit. Uh, there, there's a young layer of uh, black academics. Some of them been given high positions but don't have control over the very same departments they supposedly run. So they keep on looking backwards to what the white establishment says. And so somebody like myself, I mean, you know, at VETS, I've been banned three times. Yeah, I think that's- is my that. alma mater. <laughs> it's where I, I started. They banned me three times from addressing the university students when they invited me there. So there is a little, there is a rather major 
uh, attack on the kind of work that I do and what I represent. In fact, I am declared a persona non grata in these institutions of higher learning, particularly the liberal universities. Um, and and this is a very interesting trend because there was a time there were yeah yeah could you could you could just explain that a little bit yeah could you just like elaborate on 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 that point a bit more on this point of my exclusion from yeah. the white liberal institutions yeah. yeah yes yes it is it is a a very strange thing because there was a time I was their darling you know. Uh, I, I used to be invited to conferences and all that stuff because they did not yet understand where my project was going. They thought that I was just criticizing the ANC and to the extent that I was criticizing the ANC government, they thought that I was on their side. Meanwhile, my critique of the ANC is just transitory. I am actually moving towards critiquing whiteness. The ANC is just the a bodyguard of the white project. So my fight with the ANC is secondary to the fight to the fight with whiteness. And once they discovered that I was actually fighting whiteness, I was excluded. You know, there was a time I was writing for the city press, for the Sweden, for the Mail and Guardian. Yeah. And I was getting paid, I was getting paid good money. I mean, you have no idea. Well, how these publications <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I even ran a, a column for the sweating called Bulekaja. It was coming every other Tuesday, mm -hmm. and again, there was being paid very good money. But my voice was misunderstood as anti ANC. And then, when they discovered that in fact my project was anti white, this is where my mm -hmm. exclusion from the institutions of power and knowledge production was actually uh, uh, started. Mm. Interesting. It's very interesting because, I mean, you know the political history of this country, like the whole um, thing with universities, you know, since Abo Unkoputitiro, and then there was June 16, that, like there's something, and um, I mean, there's something special about what we call our AMA 2000. I mean, I love them to lie, but, um, you know, it's a very interesting um, generation. And, you know, just what do you think? Like, I don't know. What do you think? Are they, are they even interested? Because I kid you not, um, I do teach a couple of young people. Né? And then it was an after 2016, the day after the, the holiday this, this, this year. Mm -hmm. I asked them, guys, do you know what June 16 was about? They're like, no, we have no idea. I'm like, exile. They're like, no, never. What's this? What are you talking about? Like, do you think we are, you know, including them or we are passing, like, I don't know, showing black love towards them even at all? Because a lot is happening around around that and mental health I might a lot. I'm a, I'm a 2000, I... Uh manifestation of the failed liberation project that we undertook. Um, they are rebellious, uh, directionless, um, and often displaying the anomalies of a post-colonial decay. 
a decay of ideology of culture, mm. decay of self identity, um, and that rebelliousness is really, as in my view, a an expression of degeneration uh, of a people. We are a degenerated people. We do not have a value system. We do not have an agenda. We don't give our children hope and guidance. They really, I mean, raising themselves up in the world, which is anti-black. And that is why the best of them end up in Nyaope and drugs and this kind of, you know, antisocial, if you like, uh, behavior, because the smart amongst them have a clear sense that there's no future here. Yeah. And that's why they check out. Yeah. And that's why they check out. <clears throat> and um, I mean and so we need we need to yeah. No, excuse excuse but because you know when you and I'm just thinking also how like the music scene is playing a huge role in, in their lives. Like music is almost um prescribing the lifestyle yeah it is if um, in 2022 there's almost there's only one genre of music mm. there's only one genre that people follow like in, in, like they look at online content mm. it's a celebrity based content um and that can be said across mm. every fine art it can be said across uh, book publishing um, poetry and so forth and so forth so yeah i mean give us your give us your views about that mm. um um do you do you find that there's a well, I don't know, you tell me. Yeah, I mean I think uh, we can uh, look at what is happening now in hip hop, you know. Yeah, that's that's uh, kind of where, uh, we, where we where we want to go to. <laughs> yeah, you can see, I mean, it is the again the expression of exactly what I say is the degenerate. Uh, cultural uh, underdevelopment of our people. I mean, um, the, the AMA 2000, as we can see, they are influenced by a consumerist um, kind of ethic um, and uh, the shallowness of the hip hop scene today, it is sound consciousness. There's no radical consciousness in it. There's no attempt of seriously questioning society uh, in the old traditions of people like, you know, Tupac and, and, and them. So we are sitting. So you see, cultural expressions always reflect where society is at. Our society is almost 30 years of the ANC degenerate liberation movement is a is a crisis driven a decaying completely unable to answer the problems of our people it's a crisis driven and crisis creating our black lives are in a crisis mode in perpetuity even those of us who are employed if within five days that salary is gone yeah. you almost back to you know, uh, uh, scrambling and so on. Imagine those who are unemployed. So this kind of crisis of existence find expression also 
in the cultural uh, spaces and also in the production of our art forms. Our art forms are unable to imagine. And, and again, the best side of possibility to get out of this crisis is the arts because artistic expressions are able to make us see further than what society is projecting to us. And so we need to harness those powers of the cultural experience, cultural space to regenerate a sense of being and organize that rebellion towards structures of power instead of towards ourselves. Because right now we are driven by self-hate. That is yeah, why it's so easy, for instance. Yes, I mean, look at the movement like Dudula, you know. It yeah. is taking over because it is calibrated by the anti-black self-hate notion. Uh, you know, Steve Biko, when he organized at the beginning, he found black people almost in the same situation. And he was able to say, look, guys, we have to love ourselves. We have to start thinking clearly about where we are, understand what oppresses us, what creates difficulty in the black community and how we organize ourselves to fight. Right now, we're fighting ourselves, and the white power has become so clever. It understands you can delay the liberation of black people yeah. by making black people to fight amongst themselves. Yeah, and just another point on that. So <clears throat> it's also a house, and I, you know, just, just for the listeners, I'm not, a lot of galleries let's listen to this so this is my point is like a lot of these um, the reason why a lot of artists fight amongst others like the distribution is handled by by somebody else so for example music in books like that and in fine arts to the major um you know the way that the major gateways where, where artists make money though that that institution there has been stubborn and hasn't changed i think for about uh, over 100 years especially how fine art gallery works or how art gallery works, how music, the music thing has been changing now, but for the digital thing. Um, um, but like, I find those, those structures, they're the most stubborn and the most hard to resist. Um, and I it actually, it actually sort of leads us to something which I really want to pick your brain about, my brother. So like, um, you know, like you explain to the listeners sort of like where you train a thought is coming on from or rather where we're going towards. We, so I'd like to hear your perspective on this, man. We, we're dealing in a very interesting time, part, part in history now. We had this pandemic that as uh, remote working is now a normal term. Like it's, it's, it's not even foreign anymore. Uh, we have 5G cables being laid everywhere. So we have, the, we have we, you know, we're entering Mark Zuckerberg and these Silicon Valley people, they are creating this metaverse, which, which we've been engaging in in a few years. Like 3G phones is... It's entry level, getting entry level is about 3.5, they're about 5G, 5G phones. So how does black consciousness um, from from how do you how are you acting? How are you reacting? Are you yeah. embracing the technical, the yeah. this this new 5G revolution? How are you looking at it? Yes, we I think it does present a very big opportunity. Uh, in as far yeah. as we can uh, eke out uh, our own spaces within that whole, you know, uh, development where uh, communication 
a meeting of images, of sound, of words can be done autonomously. In other words, we can create our own universe, which is controlled by ourselves. Um, like you mentioning the whole, I mean, gallery situation, which is the circulation of white capital. Um, and it reduces the producer into a worker who must produce for the master who takes all the money and you as the, as the producer, you just simply uh, get a little bit. I mean, this is true with the book production, which is MySpace. I mean, you know, in South Africa, if you get 16% uh, cut from your book sales, you one of the highly paid. They give us about 6%, man. I mean, imagine all the rest of the money goes to the book publishers, to the distributors. You are simply a small uh, worker who's highly exploited. And that is, that is why in South Africa as a writer is very difficult to um, earn a living from writing. It's only a few white, highly paid male writers who can um, make a living out of also the circulation, international circulation of their works. But in South Africa, workers are slaves. I mean, writers are slaves. Now, the new technological forms allows us the possibility to control our produce, as it were. And, but we need to find each other with those who are advanced in the same uh, you know, technological space, the producers of works, we must work together to make sure that we produce an independent space where we, we control the value chain from production of words to the distribution of our works. It can be done today. It can, it can be, be done, done today. It, it can uh, be. It, it, we it must can just be, be better organized. It can be done. And, and like on this platform, I'm, my brother, thank you for saying that. Firstly, uh, thank you for, um, for, for, for saying that. Um, yeah. Like, um, yeah, so sorry, I just want to make this this, uh, this point a little technical thingy as well. So I just want to make this point to wrap this up and then we take it, you know, because what I'd like to unpack um, in the next segment is the how to, because that's what we're doing. We're entrepreneurs as well, right? And we're developing an app exactly to do that very same thing. Like our app is 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 data driven. So we're very interested in in uh, not data mining. I, I And I don't have that the energy or the capital for that shit, but we are we interested in capturing data, analyzing it and developing strategies now, now, now and when we're developing a platform, I want to do this and the, um, the podcast is part of that because yeah. the, the podcast is it's independent media. So we control the narrative and we curate it. Um, so we can have people like yourself and you know, we can't pick and you know, there's no boundaries and so forth and so forth. Um, so, so, so this medium is actually part of it. Definitely, because, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking, do we even have a reading culture? Do we have customers? Because, like, and how do we get customers to buy our own thing? Because it's possible, this stream that we have. But you can sell anything we, online. Um, yeah. Like, 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 yeah. like, like, even, even, even with, without thinking, you are thinking about, psychology, about some brand that pushed on there, and those things became manipulated, especially now, especially now we have 5G, 
uh, well, we're still early days in terms of that, which I think that's why my black people should should, should get upon it like ASAP. And, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so, 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 thank you for for speaking to that. So, with Angela, you were supposed to respond to um, the whole thing of how do we pull together, how do we organize in this one night space. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we 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 can go back to the traditional ideas of forming collectives, you know, um, and also just being aware of the limitations that are there in the whole value chain. For instance, I am not technologically savvy, um, but I produce works which must be fed into the whole network, technological network to be able to be disseminated to large audience. Yeah. And from which also some income should be able to be generated. Now, we need to work together in those kind of uh, collectives where people who are technologically uh, savvy and advanced work with producers like myself to put the works out there into the larger community and in a mutually beneficial way. And in this way, we're able to sustain ourselves as these cultural producing communities. But we have to get organized. There is no other way. We, we have to get organized. We have to create outlets where our works are displayed, our works are shared and marketed. Our people should know. I mean, for instance, the work of Hafela. I mean, this new project, not a lot of people know about it. It should be out there. It should be, you know, properly marketed. Uh, we have platforms mm. because My brother. today, um, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me ask you this one here, because nobody knows how to work for social media more than the outright in the USA in particular. Their organization and structure uh, is actually on another level. Uh, even the way they use graphics, which is something I, I looked at. So they'll take their hero and they will literally throw him as a superhero and the people will embrace it. For us, it looks ridiculous and it is actually ridiculous. But they embrace it. So I always found how they use memes incredibly, incredibly important. Mm. I found how they use, and this is the alt right in the US, how they, how they use uh, branded wear and uh, video, video like, like, you know, we had the Arab Spring in the early, what was that, 2011, 2010, um, there about. Mm. When the Arab Spring happened, um, social media as its own was still relatively new, data harvesting was still a new concept. And the alt-right saw that on, on, on how, and if, if you look, you can see that's why it is, um, they, they grew. My brother, like you, you were saying, like uh, in, in organizing, I know to put up a Facebook group is actually easy and, and you can actually buy people to, um, so, 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 so that's also a large part, yeah, I don't know how much of it is stickle. Um, I don't know, man, as, a, as, 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 as you, because I understand what you're saying is, is that you work more of your, your side as more as a content producer and you're not really understanding how they, how these spaces work, which I understand. That's also explained to me as a as a as a content producer. What type of how do you need the system to work in order for you for your work to get out? Um, um I made the point whether with the outright as an outlandish thing, but it's accurate because and they use it very well. So could you just comment like a little bit about that? So, so I think the first thing we need to do basically is to 
and have a, a virtual workshop where we outline the whole value chain so that everybody is aware from content production to redistribution, how it works and how it is changing and how we can benefit from it. There is a huge illiteracy uh, in the cultural production spaces around how we can calibrate uh, the contemporary means which are available um, to elaborate our works and to disseminate our works and to also generate income from, from the same. <clears throat> so the first thing that we need to do is education. So I'm, I'm challenging you, my brother and sister, to put out a, a day where we get introduced to these contemporary forms of dissemination of information, of marketing our work, and how we can also uh, get the remuneration from uh, the works that we do uh, using existing platforms. I'm saying there's a huge illiteracy. It is overwhelming um, for an individual like myself who is not so clued up technologically. Uh, to move. I mean, I'm trying, for instance, to start a podcast, a podcast myself. I'm thinking very hard about how to go about doing it. But I'm sure we can even start there, how to set up a podcast. A lot of people have a lot of content, but they are unable to uh, put it out there. And um, people like you, who is already clued up on this, should be able to assist us to um, develop this. And we can call it a, a collective of something, where on a monthly basis we interact, we uh, help each other, we also understand what is your project, what, what is this level of development, and what kind of inputs uh, can be uh, given to make it uh, thrive. So. We just need to be in the same space, learn from each other, yeah. encourage each other, and um, coach uh, one another. And you know, that's like love. Good. And <laughs> that's like love. Like sharing is caring, honestly. And and I think, you know, it's, it's a bit um, annoying sometimes because I feel like there are people who are doing it. Like our celebrities, you know, but obviously content for everybody, you know, um, it's not a, but I think that we need to really um, push the content that is really uh, reminding us of who we are. And we just need to understand we just this need platform. To, yeah, we just which need is, to understand these platforms. And, and how to be marketed, because um, um, you know what I, what I, what I find uh, the marketing, the marketing part that's coding and all of that, like they, you actually, we spoke to, we spoke to, I think three weeks ago, one of our one of our guests, uh, the brother, um, he does another creative. He does he does coding. So the interesting thing of a platform like this is 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 how we get to meet people who actually thinking the same thing as if we don't know about it. It is almost as if technology amongst black people, uh, uh, you know, like we always think the Terminator and these Hollywood things, like the phone is eventually gonna bite you. Like unfortunately, like people actually bite people. Like the first thing with COVID, they blame technology. I always think that is very strategic to do too. So the first thing you think, major globally thing, I was like, oh shit, but can't you be using your bank for forever? I mean, how can you complain about technology if you use a, got a bank account? Like, just think about it. Like, so I think that that's actually quite, the, the part of the workshops is, is actually a very good point. Yeah, I think we'll definitely, take, yeah. definitely um, have a look at that. There's definitely a lot of ways we can um, 
uh, uh, I want to make sorry quickly. I just want to make another point about the uh, about the uh, about the uh, um, I guess the naivety surrounding um, technology. I mean, as 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 a guy like yourself working in politics, I know you don't like refer to yourself as a politician, but who worked in that space. Does South Africa politicians do they understand? Are they um, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't really want to point fingers that this or that or that or that, but like, I mean, does our government understand the value behind technology? I know it's a bit of a pushy question, man, but I actually would like to know. Why don't we have free Wi-Fi? Yeah, why aren't they looking at things? Data is so expensive. Why are we still paying so much for data? Yeah. You know, why isn't laptops going for like under a thousand rand? That type of thing. Yo, I might also be paper water. So I think like these are problems. Okay, yeah, so, I don't know what no, the thing is. No, 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 but technological uh, uh, access, access to means of communication, um, must be regarded as a fundamental right, as fundamental as water. Mm. Access to means of communication, telecommunication, means access to technological development, must be now. In the 21st century, regarded as a, a fundamental right, as fundamental as water, and it is the responsibility of states to uh, make sure that citizens have access to these. Uh, we must agitate very hard for free data uh, for every household, for every individual. I agree. Um, because in this way, we are able then to create our own universes, which we control, which people have access to, and then we can counter the whole uh, propaganda of the ruling class to pro producing our own knowledge systems, our own modalities of how we perceive the world. But the first thing is to fight for access to data. It is, it is fundamental. Yeah. I don't know why our politicians are not raising this thing very sharply to say free data is a fundamental right for every citizen. If today you want to navigate, you have to have access to data. Um, otherwise, you are cut off from the world. Uh, you are as good as being in prison. I mean, if you have no data, for instance, in your own phone, the world stops yeah. from functioning. <laughs> Yeah. And so yeah. we must elevate <clears throat> access to means of technological communication as a fundamental right, which must be um, basically budgeted for by the nation and give access to all the citizens. Yeah. Uh, for sure, my brother, like um, that makes that makes that makes complete sense. And like we have to kind of champion that on this platform too. Mm. Um, the value and like you don't have to look further than the pandemic, um, the price of data or, uh, that is our crippled a lot of work working class households. Um, and then they actually realize how powerful their cell phone is and how something like uh, like cloud storage, where you can't store it actually yep. on your device, how that has to be game and game thing. What I'm what I what I've what I've also picked up because you know, from, from an art point of view, there's actually very little zero attention uh, or focus giving to any of these platforms. In our, um, in our in our industry, especially in music, which I find ridiculous, given that um, MP3s and streaming is uh, music has been like at almost for twenty years, ah, but people are still naive about it, um, <clears throat> um, um, which I which I which I find 
I don't know, man. I don't no, know. I, very... I, just, I just find it unbelievable. And like what we're trying to do on this platform is also um, is connect like-minded, is, is, you know, all the ecosystem that um, um, of, of, of all these platforms where we have, like like the podcast must eventually serve as on our independent media. And we have the e-store, we have the streaming platform. And, uh, uh, and, uh, just, these... um, and, and just the information, uh, but, and because I feel like this is also another way of educating and sharing, um, you know, knowledge, you know, through these platforms, because we are using them um, in any way. And, and yeah. we've all grown tired of the mainstream um, uh, media. Not that I say that they don't exist. I think that's still very important for them to exist. Mm. But the numbers, the numbers will will show you already that their time is, the clock is, the yeah, clock yeah. is ticking even, um, even for them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Cesar, you got another? Yeah, no, Um. I think, Um. do you want to respond to that or do you want to say anything? Uh, because yeah, I know you were I also thinking that. about, you, you, were, you commented earlier about Nigeria and their advertising regulations that, um, you know, they, they want all the content to come from Nigeria. Um, no voice over artists from other countries. I think that is open. That's, you know, another thing that we shouldn't forget, guys, Black Lab. I, I think our guys here, we are trying. You know, um, there are people who are pushing this narrative. And I don't know, do you have anyone in mind that you want to send a shout out to for, you know, um, you know, pushing the struggle, continuing? Uh, the whole black love narrative and, and just existing in this online space. We have anyone like that that you want to shout out to? Um, yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, um, I think the Nigerian example is a very good one. Um, in that connection, uh, my brother Shaudi uh, Motsuening, when he was at his SABC, he said ninety percent local content. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, no, no, you can't do that. Uh, we, you know, so it's shocking that we reject our own possibility to calibrate ourselves and uh, to put our own production out there. Uh, it shows our mental state. Um, well, so, yeah, no, no, I was simply saying that, you know, um, how we responded to the 90% local content uh, proposal shows the state of mind that, that we have as a people. And you know what white capital has done, if you look at what DSTV has done, you know, it has gone into these uh, black spaces and it is using mostly the degenerate lives of black people put them out there for consumption in the most destructive ways you know the crisis of the black community uh, whether it is mama zale yeah, is man. fighting Marco, we're fighting yeah, over man. the house oh. Oh. Uh, and all that this this has been this is the content produced in a reactionary fashion to make us laugh at ourselves, at our crisis, to basically uh, entrench some of the most backward ideas about oh. women, about oh. ourselves, because we fail to turn local content into 
a progressive self-reflection project, which can be and which must be. We have to find ways in which we reproduce black images which are self-affirming, but the white project controlled by DSTV is destroying yeah, further. And our and stories, our, our, our stories, we are our world, you know? Exactly. They are capitalizing. They have they have monetized the black crisis created okay. by the white system, and then it is produced and fed back to us, and we uh, are consumers of this negative stereotyping, negative reproduction of the self of the black project. It is an ideological project. It is well thought out project to turn our gaze away from understanding ourselves and understanding why we are in this position and who created the conditions where black people live the way we do. It is a very clever strategy. White power understands the power of the cultural reproduction space. It understands the power yeah. of the cultural space, of, of meaning making, of representation. And all those things work in the interest of maintaining the status quo and endangering black on black violence, black self-hate, and all that goes with that. Yeah, but anyway, you haven't answered me. I agree with you. But like um, you also haven't answered me. Who are you like raising that? Like who's doing these nice things? Because I don't want us to be depressed, like we're not doing anything. There are people that are doing great things. Yeah, so either, either soldiers out there. Yeah, who are should, like we should all know about. Yeah. Yes. No, no, no. There are a lot of, 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 of spaces that are creating a positive self-image. I mean, just like the Tumim Khorosi project, for instance, where we met, uh, when he launched it. I mean, music, I think, again, it is the most advanced form of self-realization and music has always been there to serve the black project in fact people like Luinkosi was arguing even then that black music in south africa was much more advanced than even the literary form of expression and it was much more progressive and i think it is still true in many ways today if you look at our writers they still write from within the place of oppression, basically reproducing the same stereotypical problems that we have, and the musical expression, and and these spaces of hip hop, where they pop up, they always have questioned seriously the uh, status quo. So we need to find those spaces, find those creatives who are questioning, and they are marginalized, but they are there. I mean, I know, for instance, in 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 Chwane, there was a project called Black Labuni, where yeah. black people come on, a, you know, every Thursday to recreate our. Basically, we know black people live in a social death situation, but we recreate life in those zones when we are together, and producing and creating and loving each other, and that's what sustained us. Since time of slavery, we have to maintain that and be deliberate about it. Introduce even the younger generation to these art forms and make sure the consciousness is correct. Our people need to know 
what is going on. And we have to be those educators. And the best way to educate is to bring stuff into the cultural space because then it is assumed, it's consumed, it is reproduced. You know, I mean, look at the 70s, how Steve Biko and them went deep into the cultural space. It was big culturally. I mean, if you think about the fine arts at the time, people were producing works which questioned the status quo, affirming blackness, about creating black power. This was across the art forms. And we must go back to that. The art is going to save us. There is yeah. no other way. We say that, we exactly. say that a lot. We say that a lot and it's healing, you know, it's it's one it's another way of healing. Because I think art is also like a prayer. It's also just yeah. an energy that you yeah. like it's an affirmation of some sort. And speaking of which, but PLF, do you have a an artist like you know, like how you know, like for example, ANC used to have told me and other uh yes, emotional no. artist, do you have a... <laughs> Yes. No, we do have we have, we have uh, amazing uh, <laughs> we have amazing uh, hip hop artists in Cape Town, okay. um, and uh, they they had a project called the Jagon Music. Um, these these brothers are, are are doing it, man. Um, and so, but we also just supporting uh, where black people create. We try to promote. Um, you know, raise our voices. Oh, it's very important. It's very yes. important. That's very important, my brother. And uh, <laughs> thanks for all of that, man. And uh, so, sort of in closing, are there any projects that you'd like our listeners to know about? And like, how does everybody get hold of you, man? How 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 accessible is Andile these days? And yeah, how you don't have to give out the phone number. Nobody nobody does that. But like. <laughs> I, I, I am on Facebook. Yeah. I am on Facebook and I'm very active. I mean, if you inbox me, I always uh, respond. I'm also on Twitter. Um, I'm active there. If again, you have something, you can inbox me. Also on the Blackfest Landfest platforms, if you inbox them, uh, messages will come back to me. For sure. Ah, this has been a beautiful conversation, my brother. And uh, we hope Zohambara and Duma um, will be well, you know, but we give thanks All the best for the that time. Drive safe. Drive safe, Matahi. You know, yeah, keep safe. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming through, my brother. This yeah. episode will go live in about two, two weeks. weeks' time. Yeah. And we'll communicate okay. with you before then. And to the listeners, man, thanks for everybody. Remember, subscribe, subscribe, yeah, like, subscribe, and comment, comment. Like, we also, you know. we like these things. Yeah. These things make us feel better as people. Yeah. And uh, keep clicking the subscribe button because we need to grow the audience. We know we are pushing hashtag Black, Black Love. That's the thing. Yeah. And look forward to more dope as content, man. Um, thanks, Anna, for coming through, my brother. This no, has been fantastic. Sure. Um, so much love for you, brother. And yeah, take it easy. Keep safe. One love, my king. Hola. Thank you. Amanda. Amanda.